Blog Talk Radio. The Al Golden era at the University of Miami is over. UMAD Blake James dismissed Golden tonight, ending the coach's nearly five-year quest to revive the Miami football program and make it relevant again. It all came crashing down on Golden in the ugliest of days yesterday at Sun Life Stadium. And in reality, one way or the other, Miami knew it was time to move on. Most fans out there are obviously in favor of the firing. A few might not be. But now that it's over, you kind of have to appreciate the positive things that Golden did for the program as you sit back and wait for the future direction. He steered the Canes through the Nevin Shapiro scandal, something he never signed up for when he applied for the job when he was at Temple. He tirelessly encouraged the Miami administration to keep investing in the program and has added new wrinkles like a training program and nutrition program that are better than Miami has ever had before. He tirelessly promoted the university on social media. Miami is left in a decent spot through the efforts of Coach Golden. But the one thing that he was unable to do was win enough on the football field, and there was no question that the university needed to make a change. So people ask, who's going to want this job? What a mess. They just got blown out on national TV by Clemson. Did you see that empty stadium? They're ridiculing the Miami program all through the national sports media. It's one big joke. But I've been saying it all along, and I will say it again. This Miami program has never been in better shape than it is right now. The facilities are better than they've ever been. The infrastructure in general, the budgets for coaches, the the, the support staff is better than it's ever been. There are some good players on the roster right now who will form a foundation for this team in the future. So this is not a train wreck by any means, public perceptions, to be regarded, but just not accurate. Our first hot list is posted right now on canesport.com. There aren't any percentages there yet. The search hasn't even begun. It's intended to throw out some of the names that might be available to Miami as it begins its search, which should start tomorrow morning. I'm expecting a committee to be formed to assist Blake James in that search. Blake had a session with the media one hour ago. Let's begin tonight by playing it for you with apologies in advance for the average quality of the audio as it was a teleconference. There were a lot of people on it and it was a little chaotic, to be honest. On the line, offer a question in order that they come in. So Blake, if you want to open it up, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, thanks for everyone for being on the call tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, it's a tough day for 
for me in this uh, you know, situation as athletic director, uh, they never want to have to deal with uh, one that's the reality of the business of the kids. Yeah, what, what, what do you 
what do you look for now in next coach? What what qualities do you want? What attributes do you want? Again, in, in any great coach, you, you want someone who's going to recognize the important role they play in the young men's lives that come here to our university. Uh, you want someone who is, is going to be able to recruit to all the great things about our university and someone who recognizes uh, where our program's uh, expectations are, where we've been in the past, and where we want to be in the future. And I'm confident that we'll find the best person for the job uh, to be able to meet those expectations. Matt Blake, does Larry Scott have the authority to make any change? We can only go one question at a time here, man. I'm sorry. Matt Porter? I, I haven't had the question yet. Again, I, I, I made the decision uh, this afternoon and let Al, Al know. Um, beyond that, I, I wouldn't have any further comment. Channel 7. Channel 7, do you have a question? And we'll move on. Uh, Blake, are you going to wait until December to make a hire so you can talk to coaches who are currently with other teams and, and will a firm help you with the search? Now, but can you provide a sense of how Blake, um, obviously you didn't go into last night planning to do this today. Can you give us some insight over, say, the last 24 hours and, and, and how this evolved in your mind and in actuality? Again, it's a situation, Gary, where I, I, didn't, feel where we were near, I didn't feel we were where we needed to be at this point in the process and that this was the decision that needed to be made. Uh, Mark Singer? Hey, Blake. Uh, who else was considered for the interim job after uh, Scott? Larry was the best choice, and, and so there, uh, obviously we have, we have an entire staff. It's my job to identify the best person for the job, and I'm confident that's Larry Scott. All right, Scott Solomon. Thank you. Uh, does Larry Scott have the authority to make changes to the coaching staff as he sees fit now that he's the interim head coach? Larry's our, Larry's our head coach for the next for the next five weeks. Uh, I'm confident he'll make whatever changes he needs to do to give our student-athletes the best experience possible and to put our team in the best position to be successful in these games. Thank you, please. Is there anyone else that, uh, that needed to uh, ask a question? Just to follow up on that last, on the last thing you said, Blake, the, you said he's the head coach for the next five weeks. If you qualify for a bowl, would he be the coach for that as well? Uh, 
I get it. I, I would say that Larry will, be our, Larry will be our coach as long as this season is, is, is going. Thank you. Hey, uh, Tom, I just wanted something, if you don't mind, clarified also. Blake, uh, as far as the question I had about Mark D'Onofrio, um, maybe I didn't ask the right, but is, is he still coaching on the staff? Did you hear me? Yeah, and, and Susan, what I said is the, the only change we made is without Golden. Okay, everyone, thank you for your time this evening, and we'll have a transcript out of this uh, teleconference as soon as we possibly can, and we will get it. All right, that was the Blake James press conference earlier tonight. Again, apologies for the rough audio. You, you heard how absolutely insane and chaotic it was, and didn't get a lot of insight from Blake in those statements that he made, but uh, we'll try to pull it all together for you here over the next uh, hour and 45 minutes or so. We're going to go to 1130 tonight. Then um, we'll move on from there. I mean, this is going to be a long drawn out drama folks. We're going to have a lot of cane sport live shows, a lot of discussions. I'll add extra shows. Um, Obviously the the next few months is going to be a very significant time for hurricane football. And uh, I promise you that 24 hours a day, we'll be living it, and we will try to keep you on the cutting edge of what's going on, and uh, hopefully it'll be a little less crazy uh, than the last time they searched for a coach, but uh, I guess it it would have to be. All right, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the call-in number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come and speak on the show. Again, we're just going to go two hours tonight, so I want everybody to really keep your comments brief. Let's try to get as many callers on as possible. You know, obviously there's going to be a lot of people that want to participate in the show tonight. Um, let's begin in the 518, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, hey, Jerry. Thanks a lot for uh, doing the show tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, not not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Who's um, this? Uh, well, thanks for being being uh, part of the show tonight. What do you got? Uh, first question, it's not being talked about, but do you, any word on how Brad Kai is doing? You know, <laughs> we were supposed to get an update tonight on that, but obviously in all the craziness that, that went on and, you know, Coach Golden being fired and Coach Scott you know, being told he's now going to be the interim head coach. Uh, we have not had the chance to get that update. Uh, we'll try to get it, you know, either tonight or or, t- or tomorrow at some point and, and report it on canesport.com. Uh, but as of right now, no. Um, my guess, as typically is the case when there's concussions, uh, they'll usually undergo tests for several days as they monitor uh, brain activity and things like that. So I'm not expecting a definitive update this soon after the game anyway, but uh, we'll get it for you as soon as we can. Cool. Um, another question. Uh, is it reasonable for us to expect to see like a noticeable change on the field on Saturday from a uh, game plan schematic philosophical standpoint, or is that just not even close to enough time? No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, you're still going to have the same coordinators. You're still going to have the same systems. Uh, I don't think Larry Scott is going. I don't think this is going to be like a Dan Campbell with the Dolphins type situation, where Larry Scott's going to suddenly bring all kinds of new emotion and intensity, you know, out of this football team. You know, I, I think the purpose of this was to calm down the fan base and the circus, and the airplanes flying over stadiums that were dominating national news coverage of the program, um, and 
just the the whole negativity surrounding the program all throughout South Florida, all throughout the Canes Nation, and most significantly, give Blake James and the Board of Trustees the capability in in a in a very professional, um, considerate way to form a committee that will spend the next several weeks reviewing all of the various candidates out there. And I hope that the list that I posted on canesport.com includes them all. I mean, I'm sure there might be a couple that I might have missed, but I, I tried to be very all-inclusive and, and take a look at the landscape at, at who the hot coaches are going to be in the coaching circuit this year, who the experienced coaches are that would make sense for this Miami program. And I tried to include them on the list and give you guys an objective analysis of where that person um, might stand. But, you know, my guess is they'll be reviewing pretty much everybody on that list and maybe more. And, you know, they'll, they'll narrow it down and probably come up with five candidates that they want to consider very, very seriously. And I believe that this has become such an important issue for the university that there, this is no longer going to be Blake James's show by himself. I mean, he will obviously, as the athletic director, be an active participant. Um, but I'm expecting a committee to be formed that will include several trustees. I don't know if they'll seek outside help from a search firm or, or any consultants uh, uh, you know, to assist in the search. I'm not sure that's even been decided yet. Probably not. I'm guessing there'll be some pretty serious meetings in the next day or so to discuss all those issues. And they're, they're going to go out, and they'll, they'll probably, my guess is they'll narrow it down to those five guys, and they'll interview very seriously you know, four or five people, just like they would do for a I, – I think they'll treat this like they've treated presidential searches at the university. And they'll go out and they'll interview the, those finalists, and then they'll make their decision, and uh, it's it's important. I, I don't think I have to tell anybody how important this is. You know, Miami football has not been relevant on the college football landscape now for for ten plus years, and you know, people are going to start to forget those glory days, and um, you know, very very quickly, very soon, if it doesn't change. So uh, obviously, they got to make this higher count and get get the right guy that can do that. Gary, do you think uh, D'Onofrio is on the uh, part of the coaching staff on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I don't think they have a choice. I mean, who, who are you going to have run the defense? <laughs> you know, I I, I mean, I, I'd be stunned if Larry Scott decided Mark D'Onofrio was not going to be the defensive coordinator because, you know, I don't think Randy Melvin can do it. You know, I don't think Hurley Brown can do it. And I don't think Paul Williams can do it. I don't think you have a coach, which is, part, of course, part of the part of the issues, overall issues that the program has right now. I'm not sure you have a coach that can do that. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I think he, he'll be running the defense for the rest of the season. So you don't think he would walk as a sign of solidarity with his uh, business partner? I would be surprised because, you know, that wouldn't be a good reflection on him as, as a football coach, and he's going to want to go out and get another job. And, you know, he he has a contract. He has an obligation to fulfill the responsibilities of his job until that contract is terminated, either, you know, through a resignation or firing or mutual agreement or, or whatever. And, you know, I, I think if that were in the game plan, it would have been done already. And, you know, I don't think this is necessarily a, a situation where Al Golden's being scapegoated, per se. I think the purpose of this is to allow the university to move on now. You can't begin a search 
in the, when you look at the at the state that this football program is in right now, you could not begin a search at the beginning of December and and be sitting there on December fifteenth, December twentieth, and still not have named a football coach here. I, I that would to me that would be absolutely suicidal. You know, now they can get it done before the season ends and December first when that recruiting gate opens and everybody around the country starts recruiting in earnest. The University of Miami will have the capability of having a new coach in place and be able to go out there and compete, not just for the kids that are on the commit list right now, some of which, you know, Amon Richards told us tonight that he's already decommitting. And, you know, that's a shame. He's a super high quality wide receiver out of Palm Beach. And, you know, I think as a Miami fan, you got to hope that he comes back into the fold maybe down the road once a new coach is hired. Um, but not just to deal with the guys that are on the commit list right now, but how about all the other great players around the country that haven't been considering Miami, some of which might be able to be enticed to take a visit now, depending on who a new coach is and the excitement level that that might generate. So from a, like a point of procedure as far as hiring a new coach for, for the moment here, <clears throat> let's not worry about who it is specifically, but if it was someone currently employed as an assistant somewhere else or unemployed, could could that hire be announced and made before the season's over, even if that person's not going to take over, so that there could be some after, level of understanding in the community? After the regular season is over, yes. Uh, you know, you've seen it before. You've seen coaches leave schools before bowl games and things like that. A- abs- you know, absolutely um, not before the end of the regular season. But I think between the end of the regular season and the bowl season, um, absolutely Miami could name somebody as their new coach. And then if it's somebody who's a head coach at another school, they can make a determination whether that coach is going to still coach the bowl game or not coach the bowl game or whether they would have an assistant coach coach the bowl game. Uh, Those are things that would be decided on a case-by-case basis depending on who gets the nod. Um, But without question, that could happen. So, for example, a guy like Mario – would he be able to interview before their season is over, or would he have to, you know, be true to, to Alabama and his current employers and have to wait until the season finishes before interviewing? I would, th- you know, understand all these coaches have agents, okay? So I would think that before the regular season ended, that any contact with somebody like a Mario Cristobal would be pretty much confined to the agent level, and. And then maybe after the regular season ends, if it's deemed that he's a finalist, they would probably very quickly move to to do those to have those interviews. Um, I'm th- I'm thinking that they're going to have to try to hire a coach here, and uh, you know I'm going to look at a, at a calendar. I guess you know the re- most regular seasons end Thanksgiving um, Thanksgiving weekend, so I would I would guess you know December first is a Tuesday, uh, and I would have to think that somewhere in that December 1st or 2nd range will be the target of the committee to name a new coach. At least I hope that's the case because that's really what they need to do. They, 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 you can't go too many days in December and not have this new coach in place, in my opinion. I think so it would if you be had a big the best mortgage, you had to pick one name, who would it be at this point? I know it's early. I'm not holding you to it. Just gut feeling. One name. You know, I it's I can't pick one name here. You know, uh, you saw I I don't know how I didn't count how many I have on the hot list right now, but a you lot. know I can't pick one name. But yeah, and, and it's by design because I think there's going to be a lot of people interested in this job, and everybody I put on there I think has reasons to want the job. But you know, I think Rob Chizinski is going to be able to make a very serious bid for this job. I, I think he's a guy that was he was the offensive coordinator at Miami when the the Canes won the national title. Um, the last time he spent the last 12 years 
in the National Football League. He's been one of the highest regarded offensive coordinators in, in, in pro football for over a decade now. And um, the Cleveland Browns hired him as their head coach a couple years ago, and it, it didn't work out. He got caught in a horrible situation there in Cleveland with the owner and, and you know, they made a change after one year without even giving him a chance to, to really get started there. And he was compensated handsomely for it. They paid him $10 million for the pain. Um, but nevertheless, you know, he, he has only been a head coach for one year at the NFL level, but just has, has an enormous amount of football experience is a very bright uh, guy. And, and uh, I think that he's the type of person that is going to rise um, to the upper ends of this search, I really do. Um, I w- I'll be surprised. Let me put this: way. I'll be surprised if he's not. If, if if it does end up being five, I'll be surprised if he's not one of the five. Uh, another guy that I think is going to have his agent going gangbusters to try to get this job is Charlie Strong, and people are looking at him, and he's the head coach at Texas right now. He's making five million a year, and the conventional wisdom is. Th- you know, why would a guy making five million a year at Texas, you know, take take a run at the Miami job, or he might only make two and a half or three million a year? And the reason for that is it's pretty blatantly obvious that Texas is not a great fit for Charlie Strong. They're really struggling there. It's gonna it's a massive rebuild. They're probably looking at a five year rebuild there at Texas, and the likelihood of them giving Charlie Strong five struggling years to try to build that program is is not really good. And uh, I think Charlie Strong's agent, and again, this is just my opinion, is is going to burn up Miami's phone lines and, and try to get him in consideration for the job. And, you know, he makes a lot of sense. He's been a head coach. Um, he's recruited like a maniac in South Florida for many years. Uh, I think you could make the assumption that he would be a dominant player in recruiting in the state of Florida if he were to get the Miami job. And obviously, Charlie Strong would know that, too, which would be part of the thinking as to why he would be possibly interested in making a move from Texas to Miami. And, and I feel strongly that he would be interested in that, or I wouldn't be mentioning his name so prominently on the hot list that I threw out. Um, Greg Schiano, obviously, is, is going to make a run at the job. I, I, you know, I don't know what the committee is going to feel about Greg, but, you know, obviously he, you know, he's, he's a very experienced veteran coach. Obviously Mario Cristobal is going to make a big run at the job and, and I have to believe will demand an interview. I, I, I don't know how they could go through this search and, and, and not give him an interview as part of the list of finalists, just because of his background and, and, you know, his reputation around the country as one of the best recruiters in college football. Um, is he a, is he seasoned enough as a coach and as a head coach to get the job right now? Um, probably not, but you know that that's to be determined. But you know, I, I think you have to consider Mario, and you have to hope that in some way, shape, or form, if he does not get a head coaching job, if they choose not to give it to him this time around, that that maybe there's a chance that in some way, shape, or form, he could be part of the program again because. It was a colossal mistake when Coach Golden and Blake James allowed him to leave the Miami program 30 days after he was hired uh, to go to Alabama. And they just let Nick Saban walk in here and and steal him right from under their eyes. And, uh, 
you see where it's gotten Miami. You know, the recruiting hasn't been anywhere near what it should be the last few years. So um, I got to believe he's going to get a strong look. I think, you know, Butch Davis, everyone wants to talk about Butch Davis. He's going to make a big run at the job. I think they I think they have an obligation to at least talk to him and, and see what he has to say and evaluate him. I, I think his age is going to be problematic at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to be looking to build around somebody who's a little younger, uh, who they, they, they'll feel they can grow with and be here for a while. Um, but at the same time, Butch Davis also might be one of the safest candidates uh, that'll be on the board uh, when you really evaluate everybody. So it's hard to totally dismiss him um, just on face value. But I, I would be surprised if he ended up getting the job. And then, you know, you, got, you can go through the hot list. I, you know, I throw out other names. You know, Chuck Pagano, to me, has a resume that you have to be interested in. He, you know, right now it's looking like he's not going to survive with the Indianapolis Colts. And when you look at the experience that he has at Miami, in the college game, in the pro game, uh, a very well-rounded football coach with a great personality. Uh, I think you got to take a look at him and, and see how he fits. And then I, I go on from there and, and mention other names of people that I think will show interest in the job and you know what, how the committee receives them. Obviously, we don't know yet, and you know we may never know, depending on how good they are at keeping secrets here as they go through the process. I think there's a lot of good options. I just hope we stay away from the, the few bad options out there, guys like uh, Lane Kiffin and Dan Mullen and some of these other clowns that keep getting mentioned. Uh, there's yeah, so I, many good I agree with you on the ones on those guys that you mentioned. You know, but but you have to realize who's good and who's bad is a subjective opinion, uh, and and you know everyone's going to have their own guy and their own favorite candidate. Uh, the committee's going to have to work through all that and get down to the nitty-gritty. And I hope they ask a lot of hard questions this time around that they didn't ask the last time, which is why they botched the golden hire. You know, who's going to be on your coaching staff? How about putting that number one on the list uh, this time around? Randy Shannon and Al Golden didn't have that puzzle figured out before they were given the Miami job. In both cases, it totally blew up on the program. And I hope they've learned from that. And I hope that that right there is number one on the list of criteria when they start the interview process. Well, unlike last time, we have you know better choices than Al Golden, Randy Edsel, and Mark Tressman. Yeah, I, 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 I think people are going to be lining lining up for this job, and they're going to have a ton of good choices. All right, you got anything else? Let me let some other people get on. But um, thanks yeah, for just, being uh, part of the show. Thanks, Mark. And, uh, I appreciate it. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Sounds good. All right, um, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 484. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, man, it's Philly. You know I had to call in. You know I had to celebrate this special occasion. We finally <laughs> got our school back. I just wanted, I wanted to say a shout-out to to my school, the administration, Late James for stepping up, you know, for having the, the guts. I don't know if it was just him by himself or whoever, but, you know, having the guts to just go ahead and just pull the, the notable trigger that we knew was coming. You know, this this shows that my school cares about their football program, shows that it cares, you know, how they're presented how, and, and what the past meant, what people met on Green Tree and what, and what the school means to all of us fans that, you know, bleed orange green every day. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just you know, glad we can finally, you know, close this book and start a whole new chapter. But I wanted to um, I wanted to talk to you, you know, about the, the list, because I'm like, you know, I see Chazinski, and it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't – I mean, I know there's probably some new names coming out or 
it may be a list, but it's like that dude has really no resume. I mean, he had like really, uh, uh, like I, I guess one or two good seasons of being an OC in Carolina, but other than that, I mean, he was a decent tight end coach of the North Turner. North Turner's always been a good OC. Um, he's been now he's been away from Miami for like almost ten plus years. His last year at Miami, people were screaming for him to leave because of that year that Brock Berlin was the quarterback. That final year he was there. They were not like, but nobody was like, nobody was not unhappy that he left and went to Cleveland when Bush came and got him. So I mean, I just don't know like all this this Chud love comes from. I think he'll need, he would definitely need like a crystal ball and even probably some other like you know studs on defense to be able to improve. You know, the only thing I probably agree with is that I think Miami needs a, a definitely an offensive minded coach. All right, let, no, me you, let me let, let, let me stop you for a minute because I'm not sure you're right about this resume. Okay, remember he came up through the Miami program. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was a grad, he was a graduate assistant. He was the tight ends coach, and then he was the offensive coordinator. Okay, yeah, he goes so, the, he, he goes he goes into the National Football League um, as a tight end coach and interim offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns in 2004. Okay. Wait, let me Philly. Philly, slow down, man. Let me let me okay, let me just, you, let me give you his resume, okay? And then I'll let you comment. Okay. okay. In 2005, he goes to the San Diego Chargers. Starts out again as a tight ends coach, but in 2007, they thought enough of him to promote him to. Um, he, he got promoted with the Cleveland Browns to be the offensive coordinator. Got hired away from the Chargers and went back to Cleveland to be the offensive coordinator. And they ranked eighth in the NFL in offense. Okay, they sent four players to the Pro Bowl. Uh, they had a ten and six record. Their most wins in, I think, yeah, in thirteen years. Okay, um, then things got crazy in, in Cleveland. They had their usual upheaval of the coaching staff, which they always seem to be having in Cleveland. He went back to the Chargers as assistant head coach. Okay, and then in 2011, he was named the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, and he took he took one of the league's worst offenses the year before. They were one of the worst in the NFL, and he made it a top ten offense in one year with a rookie quarterback, Cam Newton. Okay, they they finished seventh in the NFL in offense that year, fifth in points scored in one season. Totally transformed the offense at in Carolina. Okay, in 2013, he leaves Carolina to be the head coach of the Browns. And I talked a little bit about what happened there and uh, another total upheaval in the organization. And then he was hired as, you know, he's the assistant head coach now to Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis. So Chud is a veteran football coach. He's been around. He's got a good resume. Um, And I think he's a guy that's going to want this job very badly. And I think that when he makes his push to the committee, that they're going to take him seriously. Now, this is just my opinion. I mean, th- there isn't yeah. even a committee yet so that started the search. So anybody looking for anything definitive right now, I mean, th- there's nobody that can give that to you. I don't care what anybody says. You'll have you know, myself, other people will we'll be putting out our hot lists, but there's nobody that's giving you any inside scoop or anything to what the committee is thinking because the committee hasn't even gotten started yet. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I, and you know what, and, I, and you know, as you, as you're saying, reading down his resume, you know that, that that's all good, but I just you know he to me he's not our hardball. He's not our hardball. He's not our Pete Carroll at SC. You know he's who is he's just not that. You know I I just think that I mean who's your hardball? 
Who's your Harbaugh? Harbaugh? You know what? I don't. I really can't tell you, man. I mean, I mean, I agree with you that there are so many good candidates now that Miami has to do their due diligence. We can't. We can't end up this year with a list like 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 we had before, when you had like Tressman and Edsel and Al Golden and another coach that got fired too. You know, you can't have a list. Of losers, you know, you have to yeah, go I don't out think there. You're gonna and have, you have this to... time around, Philly. You're not going to have it this time around because this is a much more appealing job now. And and yeah, what happens yesterday at the stadium, notwithstanding, I you know the the infrastructure of this program is strong and the recruiting base is strong, and there's an opportunity here. And when I did my hot list. I even put Mark D'Antonio on there because he's sitting there at Michigan State. He's doing a great job. They're winning games like crazy, but he's not. He doesn't have the profile that he deserves for the level of coach that he has being the head coach at Michigan State. And, you know, they, 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 they run to an age issue. You run to an age issue even with him. He's like in his 60s. He's like, he's like 61, 60, 63. So you might um, have to go ahead and look at it. I think we need somebody that's like, you know, I mean, granted, um, cause I look at your list, and even like you, you mentioned, like guys like Justin Fuente and Tom Herman, you know, I guess they're not proven enough. But I think that's where Miami made that mistake last time where they eliminated a guy like, like a Kevin Sullivan. You know, even though he may not have been the right choice, they eliminated him from the interview. And then it's like when we when we went to the choice of hiring Golden, we eliminated looking at coordinators. So that eliminated, like, looking at Jimbo Fisher at, um, at when he was an OC at, um, at uh, LSU. We eliminated that. We wanted somebody that would, um, you know, be has head coaching experience. And I think this year – you know, we can't let past mistakes, you know, dictate what we do this year. We can't, we can't say, okay, well, you know, we failed with coordinators, Randy Shannon and, and Larry Coker, so no coordinators. Now we need a head coach. We need a guy with coaching experience. Well, we failed with Glow, we failed with Golden, so now let's like let's eliminate up and comers and go with established coaches. You can't do that because if you did that, then a lot of the top coaches that are like like a, a, a Brian Kelly from. Cincinnati or Mark D'Antonio who went from West, West, Western Michigan to Cincinnati to, to Michigan State or Urban Meyer who went from Bowling Green to Utah to Florida, you eliminate these guys. You eliminate them from, from your search. You know, you eliminate Jim McElwain who's at Colorado State. So to me, like, you can't eliminate like a Justin Fuente or a Tom Herman or even like a Matt Campbell. I think all these guys you, know, you have to interview. And like you mentioned before, the question is like who would you want to hire on their staff. I mean, I took a lot of flack on the board for, you know, being a big Tom Herman supporter. And one of the reasons why is because of not only his resume, but also who he added to his staff. I mean, you look at his staff, you see a Todd Orlando, you see uh, Oscar Giles, who coached at Texas under Matt Brown, who had two Ted Hendricks Award winners. You know, you see guys, you look at their staff and look at what, what they put together. I mean, I'm a big Justin Fuente from Memphis supporter, but I'm, I have questions about some of his staff, even though I know, you know, one of his guys was the defensive coordinator, Barry Odom, who is now at Missouri. So, I mean, I just think that, you know, we, I mean, hopefully this search, Miami doesn't eliminate, even like, you know, giving somebody like Brent Venables from, from uh, Clemson, even getting him an interview. Even if you don't really consider him, give him an interview, see what type of, see what type of offensive philosophy he wants, he wants to run, what type of defensive philosophy he wants to run, who would he look at as hired on his staff, you know, who would he go after? Philly, I, I don't think you'll see, ever see the University of Miami again hire a head coach who hasn't been a head coach. I, mean, I just don't that, think – they've that's been that's so that's burned that. by that, I don't think you'll ever see them do that again. 
So, but, I mean, that, you was, know, that, was, that, was, that was like two internal hires, though. You hired Coker and Randy Shannon. I mean, you didn't really hire a guy who was, like, an up-and-comer. Like, you didn't, like, they didn't go out and hire, say, Bob Stoops, who was a defensive coordinator at um, Florida, and then Oklahoma came and got him. You know, they didn't hire, like, say, Jimbo, who was the OC at LSU and then became the uh, assistant head coach or coach in waiting at, at, uh, at that shoot. But Jimbo Fisher was a highly established OC, considered one of the top OCs in college football when they brought him to Florida State. You know, I'm not sure any of these guys are, are at that point of their careers yet. You know, I, I think you got to look at you got to look at Herman and Fuente as, as potential candidates, just because they are you know those hot young guys coming up in, in college football, or you know, or, you know they're hot commodities right now because of the success where they are. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure that they get the job. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go. I know that people want to get on. It's a day to day to celebrate. Daily still take a breath, feel relieved. You know, just finally get, getting our school back. You know, our school showing us that they actually care about you know how to represent it, how our football team is represented. You know, Al Golden's going. Wish the rest of was going with him, but hey. You know, I, I you know that, that I understand why somebody's got to run the defense. Coaches. You got to play five, five or six more games. So somebody's got to call I, the I, defense. But I definitely understand why they, why he made Larry Scott the head coach and not and not James Coley. I think he didn't want to run into like an Edge Orgeron situation at SC. So he wanted yeah, somebody. And, and, look, and Coley gonna... needs to focus on his job of running the offense. You know, Coley doesn't need to be yeah. worried about being a head coach and offensive coordinator. You know, Larry Scott was a good choice because he's the tight ends coach. He's well-spoken. He can handle the media. And the coordinators can focus on running the team, which is what they need to do. Hey, well, hey, well you know, great show, Gary, man. Talk to you again on Tuesday. Just keep me on hold. You know, shout out to my Kane brother. We finally got our, our school back, brother. So I got our school back. All right. <laughs> All right. Good, good talking to you as always. Let's go out to the 305 now where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Is it Robert? Good to see you yesterday at the game. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. Um, Welcome well, back you to know the what? show. Uh, thanks, Gary. You know what I have to do? I have to say that Al Golden really, you know, as, as much as it didn't work out, he was really class into the end, and you really have to give him a lot of credit for that. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's sad to see him go, but, you know, it's obviously for the best. It wasn't the best fit, but the guy definitely was a class guy and from top to bottom, and then you know, just have to move on from here. Um, Gary, who who would your your top two choices have to be? And by the way, you remember if you listened to the show a few weeks back, who told you about Pagano before the season started? That was that was definitely me. And there was a little bit more to that story. I didn't just make that name up out of nowhere. Oh yeah, what well, what was there more more you, to it? I could. T- I mean, just. Just on a recruiting trip. He's going to want the job. He's he's going to want it. Yeah. I think he's going to want it. I mean, you know, if you, if, if, I told, if he's really going to exit Indy, I I think he's going to want it. And you know, whether he'll make a real run at it with, with you know, considering his friendship with Chud, if Chud makes a real run at it, I don't know. But uh, all these guys, I'm telling you, they're going to be trip. They're going to be tripping over each other, trying to get the yeah. affection of this committee. I it, I just think it's a good job. I mean, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm here, but uh, I I think right now that this is a good job for somebody that wants a chance in the next three years to build a program that can compete for championships. Sure. No, and I agree with you. No, Gary, I called you before the season. I said, put a little asterisk asterisk next to this, Chuck Pagano, and you go, that's crazy. He's the coach. He's an NFL coach, and he could be a Super Bowl contender. I'm like, 
things are falling apart real quickly there. Trust me. No, they really are. Back to that. Yeah. If, and, if, if um, you said that, you were right. Yeah. And I think a few guys on the message board kind of said it, you know, a few weeks after. You remember when that guy said that? He's like, that could be some, some something there. But no, just when I he when he was at North Carolina, just speaking with him on a recruiting trip, he just spoke very highly of University of Miami. And he said he would love almost similar to uh, the coach from Cincinnati. He just said, you know, if he ever got the opportunity, he would love to, you know, maybe come back here at some point or just that, that the best years of his coaching life were down in South Florida and Miami, and he how much he really loved it. So that you know he's, that's kind of where he's that, a great guy too. He really is. Yeah, one of my all, one of my all time favorites. He really he, and and he was a great special teams coach. Oh my god, those were the yeah. days when Miami would block a kick every game. Tremaine Mack, those years, yep. with those years, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean that that Miami, I mean Miami was built on that. But I mean, Gary, even yesterday, just being on the field before the game, you could just see that. They, I mean, I could tell. I mean, I've been way against this whole for the whole year. I just wrote it off. So I didn't want to have anything to do with it, and. It's a shame yesterday, Gary. There were some pretty high-level recruits at that game. So just uh, a few. There were like two hundred, two hundred of them. Uh, I mean, and some of the good ones too. And yeah, you could just. I mean, this Clemson team. I mean, being on the field before the game, they they were like the old Miami teams, getting in, starting, talking all this garbage, and the Miami players were just backing away. It was. I could tell you from the start that there was no chance Miami had, was going to have a chance. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, obviously, but. Whew. I didn't feel that the team didn't look right to me the last couple of weeks. I, I didn't like the way they yeah. looked before the Virginia Tech game either. But they, you know, yeah. they pulled that one out. But uh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's yeah. just been something missing there, obviously. And, you know, even beyond all the obvious other problems with defensive schemes and play calling sure. and, and everything else. But you got anything else tonight? Yeah. Um, Gary, what do you So who's your well, – now that we could finally – I don't have to kind of talk around it when I ask you a question – who who do you actually who would be your top? I know you're going to say you have to do a little bit more research, but who would be your no? I've just, already you know, done my top. research. I, I've done my research. I I, I mean Who's I your top. I mean, I think the list is small. I think the list is probably six guys. I think it's got to be guys that know that know Miami, know this, know know the university. Obviously, you can't have a guy that's never been ahead, you know, either in the NFL or some type of head coach before. So I think the list is a lot smaller than you you know than people think i don't think it's as you know in depth as you know as as people want to make it i mean right that's what that's what i think what do you think uh yeah i mean i think they'll get to five or six very quickly i i, I do very and, quickly yeah and you know i i think that some of the guys that i mentioned have a great chance to be one of those five or six who would be your you pick know, if you're I, if you're I, on the committee, I would I would have to be involved in the interview process. I would have to know who their staff right. is going to be. You know, I can't pick a coach on the face just on the face, face value of it. Right. And I, by the way, just to add, yesterday I could tell you those recruits yesterday. Not one of them actually realistically thought Al Golden was going to be the coach. Obviously, a next year disappointed with the game and just the whole atmosphere and the whole you know disaster of yesterday. But I don't I don't think any of those kids were actually committed to. Al Golden and his staff, or Al Golden as a coach. I think they were obviously just more committed to the university. And I, you know, I, I would, I, I think that, I think this Richards kids was, I think, where is he going to go? Alabama? Is that what I'm hearing? I think that was probably in the works, regardless of whatever was going on. But I don't think this is a spur of the moment decision that, you know, he was so shocked Al Golden's not getting the coach. 
So, well, that, that at the end of the day, Alabama can't take everybody. Okay, they're taking Calvin Ridley's yeah. brother. They, you know, now supposedly they're going to take Amon Richards too, and they've you know they've already got receivers, and that's before you even get to the other parts of the country or whatever. I think there's a long way to go in recruiting. And oh, so do I. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. recruit. You know, let's let's let the dust settle with that. Let the dust settle. Yeah. Correct. Even yeah. with kids like Sam Bruce, who right now is probably thinking he's going to go to Ohio State. You, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think you got to let the dust settle, see who the new coach is, and I think when the new coach is hired, recruiting b- begins anew. Yeah, I mean, I told you about, you know, even on the air before the season started about Pi Young, and I said that, you know, he thought that Mario Cristobal would eventually be the coach, and he would, he didn't want to commit because he was waiting to see who the coach would be next year. I think I, these kids are not, you know, you know, blind. They they knew what was going on, and I think that, you know, this was going to open a lot more doors to. You know, and it just, you know, I'm just kind of shocked that they fired him. I just thought that he, they would just announce at the end of the year they were going to part ways. I didn't actually think they would fire him, but it is what it is. It does, it does it really matter now. So at the end of the day, they're going to have to start fresh new year with ne- next year with a new coach, and that's how it's going to have to be. Yep. All right, Gary, I'll let you get on to some other people, but uh, great show, and um, like I said, good to see you again. All right, man, I'm sure you'll call Tuesday night with some fresh ideas too. So um, I'll try to talk to you. some stuff up. You say, yeah, see, to those see, shows, Gary. Let, let's see what we can come up with in, in the next uh, 36 hours. And then we'll, uh, we'll check back. We'll... All right. Sounds good. <laughs> good talking to you. As you always, got Robert. All right. You got it. All right. 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 757. You're now live on Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Who's this? Change, baby. All I gotta say is great. I right, talk into your phone. Go ahead. Oh yeah, it's great to be in Miami Hurricane, baby. I don't you. You're fumbling the receiver. Come on, talk into the phone. Oh, can you hear me now, buddy? Yeah, that's good. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great to be in Miami Hurricane. Forget all <laughs> that. I don't care if you coach the team. You, my mama, my aunt. I don't care. I don't care who they get right now. I'm so relieved. It's a blessing. I don't even got to stay on the line long. I ain't got no more to say, but it's great to be a Miami Hurricane. Whoever they search, go ahead. That's fine, because I ain't, I wasn't worried about them finding them. I just thought they would come out and say that we won't retain the staff next year. That would have been fine, too. But they got the balls enough to go ahead and cut the throat, cut them out of the neck and let them go. Hey, man, I'm good. I'm sorry the man lose a job, but, hey, he made more money than I made, so hopefully he put some money away. He'll be all right. He'll get a coaching job somewhere. Might take a minute, but hey, it's great to be a Miami Hurricane. See you Tuesday, baby. I'm out. Keep me on hold. All right, All right Kane Kane. We'll talk to you Tuesday night. <laughs> Let's go to the eight four five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary. Greg. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Greg? How are you? Yeah, listen, after sitting through that debacle yesterday, to be honest with you, I'd rather have Stevie Wonder as the D coordinator than Mark D'Onofrio. <laughs> you you got to be kidding. It was not bad really. as it gets. That they was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. What do you mean they don't have anybody else? Could they anyone, don't. They couldn't they don't, do any worse. Me. They well, couldn't want, do want, any worse. You want Paul Let's Williams to call the Melvin defense for the next five weeks? They just don't, they don't have anybody else who can do it. Okay. If Brad Pyatt doesn't play, it doesn't matter. They're not winning any games the rest of the season. That guy Malik Rozier, he was thrown into a tough spot. 
Bernie yeah, he, he was all he kind of he kind of shat the bed a little bit, you know. It was a tough spot. I, I think if if he had a start at Duke, I think you would see him better prepared. Okay, now I I would like to see Charlie Strong as the next coach. I think you got to consider. We know he knows defense. We know he knows defense. Okay. And but one one thing you mentioned, I read your article there. Would he bring Quinn Hurt back? He's dirty as they come. Uh, a, I think he would want to because I I know how much Clint meant to him when he was at Louisville. And number two, Clint Hurt is not dirty as hell. I mean, Clint Hurt was a young assistant coach when that whole Nevin Shapiro thing happened. Who who made a couple mistakes? I mean, he had kids that didn't have any place to sleep. They called him on the phone, and he let them sleep at his apartment. You know, I mean, it was it was a bad mistake. But I mean, you're gonna crucify a guy for his whole life for doing that? You know, um, Ray Ray Armstrong and Dyron Die and those guys are, are are sitting there and they're in town and they they call you on the phone. You know, hey coach, we don't have anywhere to stay. Um, you know, and he lets them sleep on his couch, and that's a great. NCAA violation, which it is, that you know that 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 got him in 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 a, in a great deal of of, of trouble. Um, but but again, I you know I I, I you know I just think that you got to be a little more open minded to to everything right now and and see what candidates bring and put on the table. Okay, now do you think that um, if Trudzinski got the job, you think Mario would come with him? If he did not get a head coaching job, I think there would be a great chance. Those two are very close. Okay, so because there's like six head, there's six openings in college football yeah, right and, now. Yeah, and, and Mario's going to be a candidate for some of them. I mean, you know, it, it, it's been long overdue. He's he's been working at Alabama under Saban for three years, and, and, and he's going to get a, some, some looks by some of these schools looking for coaches. That doesn't mean he's going to get the job. So obviously he's going to make a big run at the Miami job too. That would obviously be his number one choice, would be to head, be the head coach of Miami. If none of that developed and, say, a Rob Chudzinski got the job and Rob Chudzinski called up Mario and, and said, hey, you know, hey, you know come, come be with me at Miami, I think Mario would be here in five seconds. That's how close they are. Okay, I got one quick last point. Do you know of any other top recruits that are going to decommit in the next few days? Besides, we know Richards is is gone. Uh, Not at the moment. You know, I'm expecting a lot of those kids just to sit back and let it all play out. There's no rush. You know, there's some issues with some of the kids that are supposed to come in December. But, you know, I I think that this before it gets to that point, even with them – that this will all work itself out. So, you know, right now it, it, it doesn't look like it, but obviously the, the, the vultures are circling and these kids are going to get assaulted here in the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And, you know, the, the, there will probably be more. Well, I just think if Mario got the job, he'd, do, he'd get a lot of them back and probably and he, add on. other guys that aren't even in the, on the landscape right now. You right. Know, so yeah, I don't think you could sit here and have you know worry that much about this right now. I know it sounds crazy because of how important the recruiting class is, but if a guy's going to drop off, you know, th- there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And there aren't a ton of guys on that list that you're saying, "Oh my God, Miami football can't live without that guy." 
there just really aren't, including Sam Bruce. Now, one of the ones that I like the most is Amon Richards, who who did deep yeah, well. but but you know there aren't too many guys on the commit list right now that you're sitting here saying Miami can't live without. I mean, I think if Jack Allison were to defect, that would be a little bit of a problem since he's a quarterback, and most quarterbacks, you know, are spoken for by now. Um, but you know, Sam Bruce is. He, I mean, I, I like Sam, but he's a five-eight receiver. Um, Tyler Bird has already said that he's coming to Miami anyway. Uh, Reginald Henderson is a is a two-star. You know, a lot of people would say he's a reach. Um, and you could just go right down the list. Evan Hins- what Hins- about Shaq Quarterman? He, he he's good, isn't he? Yeah, I would agree that Shaq Quarterman, um, Zach McLeod. I mean, there's a couple of those guys that that are that seem to be a little bit of a different beast. But most of those recruits on that commit list are good players, but they're certainly not ir- irreplaceable. And I don't think anybody should be having a heart attack about any of them. And I hope they're not listening and think I'm disrespecting them or anything. I'm not. I just don't think that right now that that's, you know, the biggest concern for this program. The biggest concern for this program right now is making sure that in these next three, four weeks that they hire a guy to be the head football coach that's going to make it happen in the 305. Because so what they happens could... if Mario gets the job? Is Nick Saban going to allow him to – is he going to be – Stuck at Alabama, God forbid they make the playoffs. That'll be into January. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, 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 I think that if if he were to get the job, that after the regular season is over, that Nick Saban would would let him leave for Miami. Well, and all right, thanks, Gary. I'll put a qualifier on it. If they're playing for the national, cha- if they're in the fourteen playoffs, then he might try to get him to stay. And co- and coach the offensive line, you know, through through that process. But that doesn't right. mean that Mario wouldn't set up a staff and wouldn't you know get a lot of things going at Miami. So, but but th- these are all ifs. I mean, it, he doesn't have the job yet. So let's you know right. if that if that happens that way, let's worry about that then. I don't think you know Mario Cristobal's schedule is is you know that significant of an issue as we sit here tonight. All right, Gary. Thanks again. Uh, no problem. Hopefully we'll uh, speak to you again on Tuesday night. All right, let's go out now to the 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, oh, oh. Where you been? What's up, Slaughter? <laughs> what's up, baby? What's up? What's up? Heard from you all season. Man, look, man, look, yeah. I've been sucked down in the dumps about this season. I just didn't want to call in and, and, and complain and nag to you, man. I just listen. I listen every week, man, but you know, it's I just kind of wash my hands with the season because I, you know, I wake up sad and I'm like, man, I'm not excited to watch Kane football. And that's the first time ever in my life, man. And I, I, you know, and that hurt me. I've been depressed. I love this, you know, I love this universe of my, you know, the universe of Miami. You know what I'm saying? So right now, man, I'm just, I'm just so happy, man. When I heard, when I read, when the, uh, I got the alert from Bleacher Report on my phone, I was driving and I almost wrecked, man. I was so happy. <laughs> I'm serious, man. The lady was, I was screaming to the top of my lungs. The lady next to me, the light, she was, she was looking at me like I was crazy. I had to explain to her what happened. Well, I'm, but, I'm, yeah, I'm man, glad uh, you didn't wreck. <laughs> exactly, man. But um, just a couple of things, man. Um, I know a lot of people don't, um, a lot of people um don't like Lane Kiffin. 
I know you're not a big advocate for him either. Well, but it's I just think because he's a great I, I know a lot of people in college football, and I've heard a lot of things about Lane Kiffin that are huge uh-huh. warning flags, and and I uh-huh. just don't. I don't think the University of Miami should go anywhere near that. I think it would I be a colossal I just, I mean, mistake. I, yeah, man. But I, um, I mean, my top, my my top three who I would love to have. Um, either uh, either of the three is Butch, of course, Charlie Strong, and Lane Kiffin. Like I said, I think Lane Kiffin got the the mindset that we need here. We need that mindset of I'm finna trying to put up sixty points. I don't care who you are. That's how we used to be. We need to bring that type of yeah, intimidation I don't know if you, back. I don't know if you and, noticed, but he's not putting up sixty points at Alabama. I mean, because you know a lot. I mean, Nick Saban, he gonna he gonna shut. He, you know, you get a twenty point lead at Alabama in the fourth quarter. He gonna put. He gonna let you. Just, hey, just run the clock. I just like you know, just, yeah, just but run they're the not clock. getting leads. The they're, they're life and death to win every game. And there's a lot of people around the Alabama program right now that think Lane Kiffin is doing a horrible job there. They've got I a. Great, I love what they've doing they've got a great offensive line. They've got a phenomenal running back in Derrick Henry. They're struggling a little bit at quarterback, but they, they've got decent receivers. They got an NFL tight end, and they think Alabama should be scoring more points. I mean, but that's not the saving way, though. He only can do what a saving allows him to do, though. I mean, that's the thing, Gary. I mean, just like it's the same thing with um, it's the same thing with um, with um, James Coley. You can tell that he's hindered on how he want to run his offense. I don't you see what I'm believe. Saying? You can t- I don't believe he's hindered. You can, I, Gary, you can look at him. You can on the sideline on the game. I don't believe that he's. I've never I look, heard from anybody uh, slaughter. I, 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 you know, I, I have never heard from one person anywhere around this program that has said that James Coley is hindered was hindered by Al Golden. Hindered what? Of they, course they're not going to say they, it. They, they throw the ball. They're not going to say that. Um, Water, they throw it almost every down. They're, if anything, they throw too much. What's out? What was out? I, mean, I can agree. I, I agree with that. They do throw a little too much at times, and I think we need to go back to – we need to let, get a, let a damn fullback, you know, control the clock, man. If, if all that's – a lot of people don't understand this, and a lot of people don't get they get um so you know blinded by this high power with throwing about fifty times a game. But your most successful teams that win the, the win the championship, they run the ball, power run, just but like with Ohio State last year, they running a power offense. You know what I'm saying? Running a, a a power offense out of a shotgun. That's all they're doing. Just like with Alabama, they going they bread and butter is running the ball. You got to be able to stop the run, and they use a fullback. You know what I'm saying? In zone read. In zone blocking schemes. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, other than that, man, just um Larry Scott. I wonder why um I wonder why um I wonder why my guy didn't get the uh I thought he would be the, the head coach um if Golden would be fired um Coley. But what happened with that? I mean I think Coley needs to focus on enough. the offense. I don't think they wanted to give you know, well D'Onofrio definitely wasn't getting the nod and, and I don't think they wanted to give it to Coley. I, I think I think they wanted to let Coley focus on running the offense. You I know, I mean they, they, they're, I, they're counting the you know, the, those two coordinators now have to run the team. You know, Larry Scott he'll do the media stuff and all that, but I mean at the end of the day, the team's in the hands of those coordinators. But I honestly think I know I know that uh, you said there's not a lot of people on staff, you know, nobody on staff they can take over defense, but I do think Larry Scott got to say, hey, we're going to change up a little some, some, some stuff that we weren't doing before. I think they're going to see more 4-3. I think you're going to see more, you know, a more, you know, a player-fitting style 
this this um, upcoming week. And I think the players, you know, I think they are they're gonna show a little bit more, you know, umph in in their step this week, you know, just because it's kind of like a fresh new, you know, fresh new deal. But you know, man, I you know I don't want to stay on too long. I know you're trying to get other players, I mean, other um people online. I mean, on, yeah, on the we're phone just doing a quick little two-hour two-hour yeah, show here tonight. Yeah. We'll, we'll, but I got we'll go one. Back. I got we'll do a three-hour show on Tuesday, so make sure you call back in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got I got just got the two things before I go, man. It's yeah. been a long, long time coming, but I knew change was gonna come. <laughs> I'm out there. Keep me on hold, baby. <laughs> All right, Slaughter. I've missed you. I'll be honest. I was wondering what happened to you, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you've risen from the ashes now that the coaching change has been made. I hope you call back Tuesday. Have a good night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love. I love Slaughter. He's one of my favorite fans in the whole country. Let's go out to the 985, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live with a tough act to follow. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Can you sing? Uh, Mark- <laughs> yeah. Welcome to life, man. Calling from the Harbush Davis campaign headquarters back in Louisiana, where the champagne <laughs> is popping and the phones are ringing off the wall. We're really ecstatic out here. <laughs> so who's especially this? After, especially after the debacle yesterday. Yeah, um, you're not. You're not kidding. Tell us who you are first. Swagger for life. All right, Swagger. What you got? Go ahead. <laughs> um. Man, gotta gotta give gotta give gotta give props to, to Blake James today uh, for stepping up and really making the move that a lot of people probably didn't think he had the uh, let's say gumption to make. Um, he saw that there was a problem. He stepped up uh, as as a uh, an ambassador for uh, you know for the program and uh, made the decision that. Uh, that uh, you know, it wasn't working out, and uh, we needed to go in a different direction. And uh, really, really, um, just wanted to say, you know, something about that. And it just, again, it just yeah, let me um, that- let me just jump in here for one second and just throw something out. You know, there's been a lot of rumors going around all day. I was, I mean, I was getting pounded all afternoon. People wanting to know about emergency meetings of the board of trustees about. Uh, I, I got uh, some others about a meeting between the president and Al Golden. No matter what you hear, no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what you see on Twitter or anywhere else, none of that stuff was true. There was zero accuracy to any of it. I've confirmed from multiple people this was Blake James's decision. The board gave him the authority to make the decision. And was happy to live with whatever he felt was best, and and the, and the same is true of the president. And you know, I, I'm sure Blake spent several hours today agonizing over it. There, there were a lot of moving parts to this thing. It, it wasn't just as simple as you know telling Al Golden that you're relieved of your duties. They they you know they have to obviously have the attorneys look at the fine print of the contracts and 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 make sure that they were totally on top of all the different considerations involved in making this move. Um, but it was Blake James' call 100 percent, and I think it was the right decision. I I, I think that. To to have Al Golden burning in flames for the next five weeks would have just been even a further disaster for this program. Yeah, it was time to move on and time to start building towards the future. Uh, obviously, they, they want to win the, as many of these games coming up as they can. They they would I'm sure they would like to be bowl eligible for the kids. Um, but in the bigger picture, backing trying to back into the coastal is not 
number one on the agenda right now. Number one on the agenda is getting this program right to move forward. Absolutely agree. And Blake deserves to be commended for his move today that he made as AD. And I'm sure uh, Kane Nation is happy to, uh, uh, to to know that we have somebody that, uh, that you know, like the caller said a few times ago, you know, they care. And they showed that today uh, after what happened yesterday. Uh, in my nice uh, new coach's shirt at a, uh, uh, a uh, let's call it a pub, uh, yesterday watching this game at 11 a.m., uh, by the second quarter I had people wanting to buy me rounds because <laughs> it was that depressing. It was it was it was embarrassing. I, I had the opportunity, uh, I guess, to miss the, the the bad circumstance to be able to to make it to the Orange Bowl for that Virginia game, that forty to nothing debacle. This was worse. This was way worse. There was no effort, no emotion. I think a caller a little while ago said that he saw it out there on the field that those kids weren't ready to play, and you saw it from the first snap, uh, you know, of the game, um, just going through. It was just really, really upsetting and sad to watch. And it's uh, a great day, you know, headed in another direction. Uh, you know who I'm for, <laughs> Butch Davis. Bring him back. He's the Jim Harbaugh. He's the flash hire we need. We don't really have, I, 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 you know, I, I get it with all these names, with the young and up-and-coming guys, Wednesday and Herman, I think they should be looked at. But like you said, Gary, we haven't been relevant in 10 years. We, need, we made a statement today by firing Golden and basically saying we need to go in a different direction and we need to make another statement to college football and say we're not messing around anymore. And I think that would I think that hire would be that type of a statement uh, to recruit to <laughs> the four letter network who's been on us all day and uh just everybody around college football that Miami, you know, is is serious about getting back uh getting back to national relevance. So that's I mean, that's my feeling on it. All right, Swagger. Uh, we'll shoot back at us Tuesday night. We'll be back uh, for the regular edition of Kane Sport Live and look forward to talking to you more then. Okay, thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for calling in. All right, let's go out to the 240 now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Who's this? This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? I knew we couldn't possibly have a show without you getting in. Uh, you know, I wasn't so, what do you expecting. think? I'm sure everyone everyone's waiting with you know to to hear what you think. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be calling on a Sunday, but it's almost like um squatter. I was in a grocery store with my sons and I got the alert that he was fired and I just let out this big yell. <laughs> and everybody was looking at me like my sons were looking at me, What's going on, Daddy? I said, He was fired, yes. So they was like <laughs> Poor <laughs> Al. I, I mean, I, I got to know Al pretty well, obviously, here these last four and a half years. And, I mean, the poor guy. I mean, he, this isn't what he wanted, obviously. I mean, he really thought when he came here that this that this was going to be it for him and he was going to really get this done. And it, it, it the job was just too big for him. He didn't understand what he needed to do to be successful here. And, you know, like I said, Gary, and like you always say, he may have been a very a very cool guy, a nice guy, but being a cool guy is one thing, but being a heel as a coach is another. And being a heel, or lack of a better term, being stubborn, that's what cost him the job. When you refuse to make changes fast into a system that isn't working, 
For example, Clemson runs a, a spread offense. For the love of me, why are you allowing a defensive coordinator or why are you guys running a regular defense with two safeties and two corners and they're running a spread offense? And you're asking a linebacker to cover one of the receivers. Absolute insanity. How about how passive they were to start the game, D-Black? I I, I, I touched my eyes. Like, they they had them pinned inside the 20 and just let it came after them, never tried to make something happen. Gary, they played regular defense. They played a cover three. They played a cover three, and they also played a corner seven yards off the ball. So Clemson was just. Picking them apart, seven yards here, eight yards here, nine yards here, ten yards here. I mean, you should have went nickel. Oh, I forgot. But you allowed your best nickel corner, one of your best corners, to transfer out, Mr. Crawford. Yeah, well, we talked about that before the season. Exactly. See, all this, all, all these decisions that, oh, and then we talk about the offensive line, maybe he would have been suspended for two games at the most. He had been able to play against Clemson. But you got rid of got rid of Taylor Gabois. Well, they didn't have a choice. I mean, Taylor Gabois wasn't going to be able to play till midseason. He was being a disruptive influence uh, on the team. Uh, Coach Golden was very concerned about team chemistry coming into this year, and he he just he felt like Taylor Gabois was going to be a detriment to that, and and that's why that's why they got rid of him. I mean, he he would just be reaching the point right now where he was allowed to play. I understand that. I do understand that, but guess what? The biggest disruption on the team was Golden and his and his boy. Because honestly, you know, players players are gonna say all the right things because the head coach has you has your career in his hands. So you're gonna you're gonna put on a good face. Like, yeah, I believe in the coach, we got the coach's back. But deep down inside they on the phone with their people talking about, man, I hope he gets fired before I become a senior. Man, I don't want to play for this dude. And it showed on the field Saturday, Gary. It showed. They was just like, whatever. Like, Sean Pimpson scored that first touchdown. So the game was over. The game was over. So they scored that first touchdown, you could just see their whole body language just like a hot air balloon. You just let the, just let the, the, the air out. It was, they're like the hell with it, and it didn't help that their defensive coordinator didn't, you know, didn't help them out none. They're not blitzing. They're not trying to put no pressure on the quarterback. They're trying to disrupt their timing. You let them go. You let them sit back there and, and barbecue. Uh, I don't want that receiver. I'm gonna throw. No, I don't want him either. Uh, I don't want him. I'm gonna go to my my 20th option. He's gonna be open, and bye. Give it to him. But at the end of the day, gold is gone. Now it's all about making bringing the right guy in here, and I really hope it's a Miami, a Miami guy, you know, someone who knows South Florida and the recruiting, and someone who knows this program and the importance of allowing the former players to come back around or wanting them to come back around because that's what Miami was built on, and that's all we want, and we want a proven guy that's gonna get fans excited again to come fill that stadium, which is another problem, but to come fill that stadium, you know, and keep together this recruiting class and, and get some more recruits. And let's just keep it moving forward. Let's keep it moving forward and, and, and see what happens because I, I do feel if we get the right coach in here, we can be next year's Michigan. 
know, yeah, I, mean, I, like I don't know. I don't know about that. D Black, you know, when Coach Golden took the job, I said I felt it was a five-year rebuild. I, you know, I, I still feel because of the deficiencies that they've had in recruiting, because of all the roster attrition that they had along the way, I, I still think that this is a, probably a three-year rebuild for the new coach before Miami is ready to be a top 10 mm. team again. Um, maybe maybe I'll be wrong and they'll hire Superman and he'll do it in two, but there's going to still be a lot of holes on this roster next year. I mean, obviously you'll have Kaya back in year three. He should be great, but the offensive line is going to still be a, a huge problem. Uh, the defensive tackle spot's going to still be a huge problem. Uh, the linebacker spot will be questionable. The secondary is going to get weakened. Uh, by departures and graduation, so th- there's you know, there's going to be some, some holes still uh, on this team next year. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying national championship, but I'm gonna tell you what, it'd be better than what they're doing now because they'd be getting coached up by better coaches and learn a better better technique, and they'd be in a better position, put in better positions to make plays in the game. That's it. And and, and they will have the confidence to just go out there and play and don't have to think as much, just react. So, you know, on that, Gary, I'm going to see you on Tuesday, but keep me on hold, please. You got it, man. Hey, thank you, as always, for calling in and being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the 205. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is Jake, first-time caller, man. Uh, hey, welcome. We day. like first-time callers. Welcome to the party. Yeah, you got yeah. You got to join us on Tuesday nights too. We have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I, I listen. I listen. I love it. Uh, my first, uh, first off, the, the game on Saturday. I mean, that's just atrocious. But it, it happens. Uh, we've got, we've got, you know, games coming up. What are your realistic thoughts on recovering for the rest of the season? Getting beat by FSU is one thing, and then you know losing the fifty-eight to nothing at home—that's that's something entirely different. Well, look, Clemson's a very good team. I, I think that they have uh, obviously a very good chance to be a Final Four team. I think they're miles ahead of Florida State. I think that they're they're going to beat Florida State pretty handily uh, week after next. And uh, you know, I think that they're a, a top five team this year in college football, and certainly looked like, like it uh, yesterday. Um, but Miami's not going to face that kind of competition here moving forward. They're going to be on a much more level playing field with all these teams that they play. Uh, can they run five in a row? I, I think that's asking a lot for this team. You know, we don't know what Brad Kaya's status is yet for for this coming Saturday. Um, if, if he's able to play, I I think obviously they'll have a chance, a decent chance at Duke. Um, but. Uh, They'll be on a level playing field with these last yeah, five. Yeah, um, and you know, and I really think that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, uh, for Blake James. I mean, we really we, on Saturday we saw a team that when we hired Al Golden, we thought five years from now that could be us, you know. And then in year five, the same glaring problems, you know, all over the field, disciplinary problems, schematic problems. Uh, in year five, losing fifty-eight to nothing, I re- I really think that was. That was what really did him in. So, well, you know. I, I think the biggest thing is in the overall picture, you're looking at a, at a team that just can't beat anybody any good. I mean, they lost to Cincinnati. They they barely beat Nebraska in overtime. And Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, has four losses already now. And, you know, 
they did, they just were not competitive against good teams, and it clearly was a coaching issue. So if, oh, you, yeah. if, if you're going to have to make a change, and you know that now, you might as well make it now because it lets you work on the search in the month of November. Uh huh, and that's true. And and don't, speaking of that, I mean now, now that we can talk about the the main issue, you know, for tonight, you know, we don't just need a flash hire. I think I think we need flash hires. I think we need a staff, a full staff. One coaching, one coaching guy can bring in the staff. But I'm thinking, you know, it's like you said, if we can get Chud to come in and he can bring Crystal Ball with him. I mean, I think we're at the point right now where the University of Miami needs to make a statement. And just let me get let me get your thoughts on a on a defensive coordinator, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, getting paid 850k at Georgia, and he's due for a big pay, upgrade in pay. And he's just a well-known name, I think, can come in, bring in recruits, and we can really that, – that that kind of a staff. How realistic do you think it is for Miami to will be willing to pay, to pay, pay those three guys to come in? I think it's very realistic. I, I think that they're going to be looking to hire a head coach that they can pay in the $2 million range. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of these guys, it, it's doable. I mean, you – you know, just look at the guys we've been talking about. I think Charlie Strong would obviously command more than two because he's making five right now. But I think he's hireable probably at three. I, I think a guy like Chudzinski would be hireable certainly at two. I, th- I think a guy like Mario would certainly be hireable at two or even less. Um, you know, he's making probably 800000 right now. You could probably hire Mario for one five. Uh, you know, and, and I, I could go on and on and on, but I think that they're going to be looking to hire a head coach. At a re, you know, they're not going to be looking to hire a $5 million head coach. and it, it just doesn't make sense because they don't have the budget to hire a $5 million head coach and have the kind of coaching staff that we're talking about. But when you look at that Clemson program yesterday, when Dabo Sweeney got that job at Clemson, they paid him $800,000 and they they made a decision that they were going to build that program around the staff, and, and they invested in their coaching staff. And the deal with Dabo Swinney is that when we get this thing back and we're winning and generating revenue and everything's great, then we'll take care of you. you and you know, I think he's making, I don't know, a 2 7 now or something. I'd have to look it up. But my, my point is when he took the job, they paid him 800000 And their defense coordinator right now, Venables, he's making $1.3 million. Uh, he's making, yep. you know, head coach type money. And, you know, I, I think that they have to look at that type of model here at the University of Miami. It can't just be all about the head coach. The coordinators and the assistant coaches are who runs the team. And it, if you get that staff right at Miami, you're going to win. It's been proven over oh, over multiple decades. It, it, when, when, when Miami gets the guy, I mean, the recipe is simple. It's just, I mean, you're 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 in South Florida, the the hotbed of you know recruiting in today's college football. Everybody loves the brand of the U, but you know people want to go where you're going to win. People want to go where you're going to win. People don't want to go play. People want to play at the Alabamas and the Auburns and the and uh, and the stadiums that are that are filled up every single Saturday. And that, that's just another problem that Miami has, but they need a coach that that knows exactly what he's getting into at Miami and that they know uh, how to get where we want to go, and unfortunately for Al Golden, he just did not. He just really, really was in over his head the second he got the job. Yeah, he didn't understand what 
you had to do to be successful here and, and the, the, the type of staff you had to put together. And you never was able to get it right. Some of those guys that he had at the beginning were totally defrauding him and the program. They weren't recruiting hard enough. They weren't working their schools the way they needed to. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it just, it just top to bottom just wasn't functioning the way it needs to function. Yeah, he was, and I commend him. I mean, he was a class act his whole way, and he, working working harder wasn't a part of the part of his problem. It was working smarter, as opposed. I mean, to you harder got a kid. And, let me tell you something. You got a kid at Alabama right now. A kid, uh, Eddie Jackson. He's their safety right now. Number four. He's like a safety corner. Well, I, I was I was at the I was at the Alabama Tennessee game last weekend. Saw and I'm a, and uh, uh, because I live uh, live here in Alabama, and after the. Uh, Miami game when I watched it, I said y- y- he's done, and I just went through yeah, but, the but, Alabama but what I'm roster. Talking about, but talking about, I just wanted to tell the story of this Eddie Jackson kid. He, he was from Boyd Anderson High School in Broward County. He's going to be a, a, a three, four year starter at Alabama. Was not even recruited by Miami because the coaches that were recruiting Broward at the time never even went to the high school and did their homework. Do you know Stacy nope. Coley? was barely recruited by Miami until the last week or two of recruiting when Mario Cristobal came in and got on the case there and, and, and got some help from Donnell Bennett, the head coach there, and, and they were able to land Stacy Coley away from Florida State. Stacy Coley was signing with Florida State right up till signing day. I mean, Miami did not seriously recruit him. I mean, there were just so many deficiencies all over the place. The program was never run the way it needed to be. The staff was never the way – that it needed to be put together, and that's why Coach Golden failed. That's why he yeah. was fired tonight. That's why Miami football, as we sit here this evening, is the laughing stock of college football. And that's why um, Blake James had to make the decision he made to get a head start on changing that. And I think that was the right decision. Uh, and, any, you know, my, my, my last thing I'm going to hit on here is, uh, you know, any uh, piggybacking D. Black, I think it was, uh, anytime you make a you know a coaching change for a program, there's going to be some sort of drop off, uh, realistically. But you know, I, as I think most fans and maybe even you will agree, I think the the biggest problem with Miami was schematic and, and, and disciplinary and not not athletically. Is it reasonable, you know, given the right hire or hires that that Miami next year could be, you know, like a Michigan or a Florida or Ohio State? I think they could be better. I think it's going to take a couple years to get the roster right. You know, Michigan yeah, is a little bit of an aberration up there because of how how good their defense was and the number mm-hmm. of quality players that they had on defense coming back. And then you had a, a coach like Harbaugh who's very strong on the offensive side of the ball who was able to come in and they're coaching them well enough uh, to score just enough points and win win a lot of games. But I, I just – I don't know. I mean – you know, a lot will depend on how good Kai is next year and whether he could take that next step in, in his yeah, progression. Yeah, he's got to get protected. He has to. Yeah. Yeah. Coley, well, Coley is not handcuffed by Golden. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but that's that was just absolutely – he's handcuffed by his offensive line. He, yeah, what can you call? What can you totally, call when you can't yes. run the ball and you can't protect? You, you are 100% he, He's handcuffed correct. by his OL. He's handcuffed dramatically by that offensive line. He's handcuffed play calling by the offensive line. And the whole football team is being brought down by the absolute abysmal play of those guys. Oh, you can't, you can't even protect the ball, Gary. You can't, you can't even run the clock, protect the ball efficiently when you, when you can't run, when you can't run it, pass it. I mean, it's three downs and you're out. 
you're just Kyle relying on your, on your you're 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 absolutely relying on the defense to blow an assignment to, to on the off, on the up front for you to run the ball every game. That's the only time we get X plays running the ball. Kaya was getting killed every single time he went to throw yesterday. It it, it, it was only a matter of time before he got hurt, and oh, I'm just no so doubt. glad. I, I'm just so glad that 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 they took him out when he did because it, it, it his concussion symptoms didn't look. I'm not a doctor. I I wasn't even there, but watching the replay, it, it looked like they were probably only mild. He he looked he looked he didn't look completely knocked out. That's and that's that's the best thing about that. But, uh, All right, you got, anything, you got anything else for us tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I'm go- I'm gonna be in Duke uh, for the game. Uh, me and my dad are uh, heading up to the game for that. Or I'm assuming you're gonna be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, be on the field. I'll be on the field before the game. If you see me, give me a shout out. I'll come say hello to you. I will. I'll be. I'll be. Right. Uh, I'll be right behind Kane's bench. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, keep and I'll see you Saturday and uh, come back Tuesday night. We'll we'll be here again Tuesday night. Have, All right, have a good evening. Have a good night. Yep. You too. Bye. All right, let's go out to the 973. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, hey, guys, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross. Hey, Ross. Let's go. You happy? Are you happy now? Very, very happy, man. Um, Got a couple questions for you, though. Um, Would this be a – would it be a um, conflict of interest? Because I think in order to get the right coaches here, we got to get a panel, get a bunch of guys that used to play for us that mean something. Now, we have a couple of guys that's been hired at um, Green Bay, and would it be a conflict of interest to get those guys on the panel? Um, talking about Alonzo? Yeah. I would be surprised. I mean, he's got his own job to do. Okay, so that's something that, you know, they'll probably they'll be against, right? Okay. I would, I would think so. Um, you know, I'm curious to hear from tonight if you can. Um, the kid that plays um, tied in, the guy from Georgia, I would just like to hear what his take is. I know, I know he's a big Golden supporter, and I think he's just, I think he's high on Miami. I just want to know. I want to make sure his stud is, is sticking around, and I think it's very important that we get into Georgia and be able to recruit Georgia. Continue. Well, they've they've always recruited Georgia well. Why would I don't yeah, know why I that think, would why would that end? I think I think Golden kind of backed off since um, Eddie Johnson. He didn't really go back in Georgia since then. I don't think he did a good job. Um, I don't think that's true. I'd have to, you know, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head head right now, but I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, uh, Njoku is from Georgia. No, no, Njoku is from Jersey. Um, from Jersey. Georgia, yeah. Georgia, Georgia. Let me think. Well, uh, Chris Herndon is from Georgia. I know he is. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I, I'm curious to see what um what his dad is thinking. Hopefully, he's not thinking about transferring and getting out of here because I think his son has a bright future. I just I want to know. You know, I want him to stick around so we'll still be able to go into Georgia and get good. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think that. Why would that be the case? I don't think his son was son. You never know. His son's doing great at Miami. You know why? Why would he leave? I mean, but but um from the last recruiting class, Evan Sheriffs was from Georgia. Um, you know. So Miami's going to always be able to recruit in Georgia just because of the, the proximity. Okay. All right. Well, another couple of things. Um, I mean, Juwan okay, Young, well, Young, who's playing middle linebacker now, he's that's who I was trying to think of. He's from yeah, Georgia. I get your point. I just didn't want it to, to stop for any reason. You know, guys not being happy and saying that's a, you know things are not going well there. 
and then we get a Georgia guy to transfer, and then next you know, well, you know, in that area or maybe around the surrounding areas, we can't go in there recruit. I'm not making a real big big deal about it. I'm just saying I really kind of want to hear from that dad and just want to hear what he has to say and just want to make sure he's sticking around. Yeah, because sure. he always calling. You know, he always calling. A couple other things. Um, with the guy Larry that they got the job, you're saying that we need Coach D as a defensive coordinator. Is nobody else. But do you think he'll be able to tell Coach D that there's certain things that he doesn't want to see anymore? Would he be able to go? He is the head coach now. Would he be able to go to Coach D and say, Coach D, I'd like you to tweak this and tweak that and play more, you know, a, a different style for the next five games? I don't know. That's a, that's, that's a loaded question. Uh, you know, l- let me pass on that until I have a chance to talk to Larry Scott in the next day or two. And and just see what he says about that and and what his approach is going to be, you know. Right now, just uh, uh, you know, just on the, the plain face value of it, it, would be hard to predict that. Okay, I'm, I'm saying I'm just, it was just a thought because you're saying that. Yeah, no, it's a legitimate thought, but I I, I don't yeah. know that there's an answer right now, you know. Okay, because you say he has to be the defense. It's fine, he could be there, but that don't mean he still has to run the same nonsense that he's been running. Well, you're and right. Sort of, you know, and I, I just wanted to um get an idea. What you thought about that? You know, just want to know. I need that guy to go in and tell this defensive coordinator, "Look, man, you cannot keep doing the same thing you're doing. It's not." Well, working. I think it would be hard to change the whole scheme at this point of the season. No, no, no. I'm not saying change the scheme, but how certain things and how we approach certain matchups. Like no more number 33 uh, defensive um, end sticking on our receivers. That's nonsense. It shouldn't be well, a guy you know, that in, fa- in fairness, that hasn't been as big of an issue this year as it was in past years. So, I mean, it was pretty brutal in past years with some of those defensive ends trying to cover receivers. I don't think we've seen it as much this year. This well, year, to me, the big issue has been just scared, just absolutely scared and lack of aggressiveness and and, and not, you know, just not turning those kids loose to go make plays. And that, well, was that was certainly the case yesterday. That was a scared defense on the field, and they got their butts whooped physically, top to bottom, and from there it just snowballed. Hey, Gary, I watched Gilman, the, the punt, I think it was on our second possession. We had to punt the ball. He punted the ball like out of bounds or whatever. It was a bad punt. He got off the ball field and, and goes and pat him in the head. Those are the type of things that so the soft. It's a soft football team. You know, you know he's coming off the field, and you're you're addressing him by patting him on the head. Like I mean, those offensive linemen are letting Kaya get killed like it's a sport. I mean, like, where's the accountability? Are you kidding me? Your quarterback's getting his butt kicked. You got to like get your act together. They're well, that kind of sl- free like there's no tomorrow. That kind of segue into another thing real quick. I'm not going to be long. I'm just going to go for some other things. Um, I'm glad that we we're done with this man because I don't want no more of his camps. I thought his camps was a fraud. Um, he would bring kids in and offer guys that would deserve an offer. Um, he ignore signed into this program that didn't belong. There's no question about it. And most of them ended up leaving. Yeah, because here's the thing. Here's a crazy thing. I mean, I don't want to say this kid is a good player, but how do you have the kid McIntosh? He's a commit, and then you have his brother saying, well, I'm thinking about not coming here. I mean, there's something wrong with that. If your older brother is committed and Things are going well for him. Why wouldn't you want to commit yourself? Yeah, I don't know. Can't answer that one. It didn't make any sense. Those are just the little things that you look at. You saw 
just to let you know there was some nonsense going on in the program. You know, those are the type of things that I, you know, I, I mean, I, I really want to see guys like Greg Ciano and Charlie Strong because I think we need that defensive approach to all of this. You know, and as far as recruiting go, um, I, I just want to be able to go into wherever we need to do, wherever we need to go to get the kids. And it's time that we start competing with the Florida States and the Florida Fire kids again. There's no yeah. reason why you have a Clemson who have, what, 19 guys from the state of Florida on the team. Every time we turn around, there's a program that's hurting us without our own players. Yeah. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. All right, man, that's it for me. All right, man. Give us a call again next time, maybe maybe Tuesday night. Good talking to you. All right, let's go out to let's go out to the uh, the three hundred five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? How you doing, Johnny O from Bird Road? What's up, Johnny O? Talk to us. What you got? What's going on on Bird Road? Um, you know, just just happy, man. You know, I was uh, uh, reminiscing of. The, the the days when Shannon was here, you know, just just suffering, you know, and and and, it, and it's over, you know, just happy. And well, um, I, think I think your feelings are shared by a lot of people tonight, and you know, it, it's it's a shame for Coach Golden, but I mean, obviously, the Canes Nation was looking for this move to be made. I think Blake James recognized that, and I do think that that played a role in his decision. Yeah, you, Shannon showed no emotion, you know, which killed me. You know, and this guy is, a, you know, he showed emotion, but he's a, a his tie, his tie wearing uh, style just just didn't, you know, it didn't. It, it, it just didn't gel with us. It's not Miami style, you know. We we we're we're a free spirit swag wild style. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't have an outsider come in. And I just don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. At least with him, it didn't, it didn't work out, you know. Mm-hmm. And his buddy is still here. You know, Clemson ran all over us and made it look easy. You know, why is he still here? You know, they don't have a choice. There's nobody yeah, else. Yeah, you, you said that earlier. They don't have a choice. Well, I think he's he's gonna be the next to go at the end of the year. You know, um, nothing. Uh, you see, the, what about the, the comparison of the Dolphins? You know, tight end coach being promoted. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's certainly see any gave similarity them. there. You know, these things can give teams a boost a lot, but you know, I'm not sure that this is going to work the same way. I mean, I don't think it's a situation like I said earlier, where Larry Scott's going to come in as the interim head coach, and you're going to see a whole different team on the field Saturday. I mean, I think you're going to see Miami be more competitive these last five games because they match up better with the five teams they're playing than they did against Clemson on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. And what and about they um, five? Yeah, they can. Are they probably going to? You know, probably not. But you know, they should be competitive. And if and, we win you know, all five, do we, do we win the coastal? Probably not, or, because Duke would have to lose twice. You know, mm, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's still undefeated. They would have to lose twice. Oh my God! So you know, there's there's, there's a lot of ifs there. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think it really matters right now, to be honest with you. So you win the Coastal and you get to go play Clemson again. 
you know, do you really yeah. want to go do that? With, yeah. With, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that you do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Duke just, and Pittsburgh, um, Duke and Pittsburgh do still play each other. Duke, yeah. Duke still has to play Miami, North Carolina, and Pitt, as well as Virginia yeah, and Lake Forest. So, you know, they, they would have to lose two games. Pitt, you know, obviously has to play Mi- Miami and Duke. And yeah. um, and they, they've also got uh, well, uh, a game against Louisville in there that's a conference game. So, yeah. you know, it's not inconceivable that if you win five in a row that you win the Coastal. Right. Right, yeah, it's a long shot. Um, I but just I don't think Alvin realize... was going to be primary to that either way, and I think that's why the move today was good because it lets them get on with the business that they have to take care yeah. of. And, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. lets them – do their due diligence and get a coach in place by the beginning of December as opposed to waiting until the middle of yeah. December. No, and the worst loss of school history is just it's just un- unfathomable, you know? Yeah, and, 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 know. and there's not an unknown now. The recruits know there's going to be a new coach at Miami. The current staff yeah. can continue recruiting them, yeah. you know, with the understanding there's going to be a new head coach, but you're going to know who yeah. that coach is. Long before you yeah. sign or whatever, you're going to get to meet the coach, the new, any new coaches, you know. So I just think it helps the overall atmosphere yeah. and operations, so to speak, of the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, realized that it took longer than usual this to take happen because of the scandal, you know, rewarding Golden for his faithfulness and whatnot, giving him time, talking? you know. What do you mean the reporting? Shapiro thing and, you know. You know, he got uh, a fair shake. Al, Al was allowed yeah. to come back for year five and take a shot at being better this year, and he wasn't better. It was same plus same equals same, like like I've been saying the whole season. And Yeah, you treated, said it. You said he it. Was, Johnny O, he was treated very fairly. He has no beats yep. whatsoever, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, I think he was given no, a fair shake. I remember you said before, you know, uh, six months ago, if you're not going to change nothing, nothing's going to change. You know, I remember you said that clearly on the radio right here on the on the phone. Yep, absolutely. Um, that's the, All right, Tony, let, let me let some other people get on. Why don't you hit us back on Tuesday night? All right. All right, good talking to you as always. All right, put me on hold. Thank you, man. God bless. You got it. Thank All right, let's go out now to the 540. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Jay Collette. Hey, what's up, Jay Collette? Doing pretty uh, good. I've uh, uh, been a subscriber since uh, you started uh, Cyber King. I know. A long time. Thank you so much for yeah. sticking with us all these years, man. We're getting old, aren't we? Yeah, you are. Uh, I can uh, maybe I'll email you about this later, but uh, in 95, you published one of my uh, articles I mailed to you. I was just wondering if you guys happen to have uh, copies. No. Of, uh, <laughs> those, are no long, okay. those are long gone. Yeah, Sorry all right. That. So what you well, got tonight? Thanks for, uh, thanks for all your great coverage. I did have a few questions about uh, some of the guys you put on your hot board. Okay. Um, you mentioned Chuck Pagano, and uh, I was wondering uh, how much of a factor is the NFL season schedule. I just saw the Indianapolis Colts' uh, last games in January. 
Yeah, it's a definite yeah. factor. But you know, there, there there has been some speculation that Chuck Pagano may not make it to the end of the year. There's a lot of issues there in Indianapolis. People aren't getting along, and uh, you know, if Miami decided that they wanted him to be a candidate. You know, I don't think he would obviously quit the Colts, but uh, you could certainly, you know, make some announcements maybe earlier, and then he could finish the season or whatever. But but that's all premature. I mean, let's wait until it, that happens. I mean, I think he's a long shot for that reason. But if he gets fired in Indy, I think he's going to want the Miami job, and and I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he became a candidate. I love his resume. Yeah, so you don't think he'd wait for another NFL job to come out? You think he really hasn't? I don't think these guys are wedded to the NFL. I mean, he was never an NFL coach, head coach until he got the Colts job. I mean, you know, I don't think guys like him or Shiano or these guys are wedded to the NFL just because they were there once. Look at Butch. Right. Butch went to the NFL. It didn't work out. He came back to college. So, you know, I don't think football coaches are as wedded to the NFL as you think. There's a reason they call it the not-for-long league. Coaches get fired left and right yeah. there. It's it's crazy. Yeah, really, yeah. Okay, um, and then uh, I remember uh, I was listening to the show uh, a few months ago, and you had, we were talking about Rob Jasinski and how he got fired at Cleveland. You had kind of mentioned you didn't think he was head coaching material. Or has your opinion changed on him? Or um, what? No, I I, I what I said was I was I was very concerned that they only stuck with him for one year, and I said maybe he's not had you know really head coaching material. He might just be a, a really good solid football coach who's not really a head coach, and 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 I think that that would be something that the committee would have to look into if if they decide that right. Chudzinski is a serious candidate for this job. I think you'd have to look hard into that Cleveland situation at what happened up there. Why didn't they like him? Why were, you know, why didn't the owner stay with Rob after just one year? Was it something that he did wrong or did he just really get caught up in the internal mess that's always going on in in, in Cleveland? Uh, that's going to be part of the due diligence that the committee might need to go through. But I, I put Rob very prominently on my hot list because I think he's going to come hard after the job. I think he's going to want it very badly, and I think he's going to have a lot of support amongst the alumni of the program and and people that know him. Yeah, can you comment how he was as a recruiter? Because I remember when he was here, um, he was an assistant, and, and you had mentioned before on the show that he, he recruited a lot of players here. Is he is that one of his knacks, or is he more of an XO's, X-nose guy on the offensive side? I mean, I, I think X's nose are his strength, but you know, I think he was a good enough recruiter. And I think the thing you got to remember is the head coach is a closer. The head coach is not the point guy in recruiting. The staff is the point in recruiting. They're the ones having all the contact um, with 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 the recruits. In fact, I'll give you an example. Sam Bruce, um, who everybody, everybody knows who he is, and uh, he just sent out a tweet a, a few minutes ago where he says, I didn't commit to no damn coach, exclamation point. <laughs> I committed to the U. As long as KB is there, I'm there, and KB being Kevin Beard, the receivers coach, okay. who has a long, long relationship with Sam Bruce. Uh but you know, so it's really the assistants that have the most contact with with recruits. The head coach just comes on the home visit and and is the closer, um, or you know, he'll see the kid when he's on campus or comes to a game or whatever. But the day to day contact is with the with the staff. Right. Okay. So uh, when you had mentioned that Greg Schiano's style, uh, not knowing if it's going to fit in South Florida, you, um, 
you mean in terms of him closing on recruits or that just him knowing how to assemble a staff that relates to them? And how, how do you feel about Greg Schiano and how he fit, fit in down there? He's only at the U for two years. And um, I don't know. I just uh, I think he's he's recruited Rutgers for Rutgers a lot in South Florida. But do you think he's do you think he's at the level like uh, as as Butch would be with recruiting South Florida or probably just... not? You know, I, I think Greg's a good coach. I, I think he would do a decent job. I I think at the end of the day, there's going to be some better choices uh, for the committee. But I do think he's going to try very hard to get the job without question. Which yeah. is why he's which is why he's prominent right now on the hot list that I put together. Okay. All right, and, and with Bush being a long shot, you just think that's because of his age, or there's still hard feelings with how he left. It's just most because of his age. You think he's a long shot being 63? Yeah, I think I think for all those reasons, I, I think there were a lot of hard feelings with, when he left and how he left, and you know, I I would be surprised if the University went back in that direction, but he, okay. he'd be a safe. He might be the safest hire on the board. He, you know, and you know, just just because of you know exactly what you're getting. I, right. I think a big, you know, a big issue would be energy level. You know, it's different now. All these years later. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking 15, 16 years later now. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a different game. You you got. Twitter and all kinds of other communications elements with kids and recruiting that you didn't have back then. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, but like I said, you know, at the same time, he might be the safest hire. I mean, you know, somebody yep. mentioned Jim Harbaugh earlier in the show and, and what he's meant to Michigan. I mean, a Butch Davis hiring at Miami would be similar. It would be like bringing a rock star into the program. It, it would just create so much buzz and excitement. You know, it wouldn't be a terrible thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't uh, line up against it. Right. Yeah. I think he would. I think he's the one candidate who probably would really boost ticket sales. Also. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's and no doubt, there's no doubt about it. You know. Yeah, I've. Uh, I think I posted this before on the board. I, I think that him and maybe bringing in Mario under him as a eventual head coach in waiting would be a great situation. I don't know if that would happen. Yeah, I don't. But, uh, I don't know what what the Butch Davis Mario relationship is. I can't really comment on that. Yeah. I I know that Mario is very tight with Chudzinski. I know he's very tight with Shiano. Um, I can't really comment on his relationship with Butch Davis, and I don't know if he would be willing to come be part of a Butch Davis staff or not. How about Butch Davis' relationship with Blake? Because I know you mentioned they worked together before when Blake was in the ticket office. When uh, yeah, Butch but I don't think the... there's anything anything so bonding there that that would guarantee yeah. Butch the job or anything. And I don't think it's going to be just Blake's decision. I I think this has become too big. I think that there's going to be several trustees that are going to want to have their hands in the situation. And I don't think it's just going to be Blake's show anymore. I I, I would have said differently a few months ago. But this has become such a hot button for the university, and and so many people in South Florida right now are plugged into this and talking to all the trustees about it and everything else. I I just I think that there will be trustees involved, and I think there'll be a committee, and that they'll treat it just like they do when they go search for a president. Okay. All right. Hey, Jason. Yeah. Thanks for being part of the show. If you got more, give us a call Tuesday night. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for being part of the show, and thank. And thank you for being with us for all those years. Uh, going back to Cybercane, that's that's a, a long time ago, um, and uh, we do appreciate it. Let's go to the 863. 
where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, yes. Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. I'm doing all right. Who's this? This is Lewis. How you doing tonight? Go ahead. What you got? Oh man, it's uh, I was always one of those who was pretty um, trying to be the, the positive one. But um, after the uh, Cincinnati game, I knew it was about it, it was a matter of time. And it's not shocking that I'll go in the gun. But what is shocking, and I know you said this already that there's nobody better, but um, I don't I don't necessarily think. Well, I'm not going to say I want to say that Golden was the major issue, but it, the defense was the problem. Is the major problem, and I just for the, for the life of me, I don't know why they didn't give um, D'Onofrio the boot as well. Because um, well, there, there, there literally is nobody else to run the defense. There really isn't. Trust me, I, I would be saying the same thing. Except I was wondering through this entire process, not just the last 24 hours, but the past several weeks, that if a change was made. Who would run the defense? Because I didn't really see how you could get rid of Al Golden and not get rid of Mark D'Onofrio also because they were so attached at the hip. But the reality yeah. is that none of these other coaches on defense really are equipped from an expertise and experience standpoint to run the, the whole defense. So well, you what, about, what, what, what about our D-line coach? I, I thought our D-line coach was supposed to be pretty well he's experienced. A, he's a veteran guy, but he's never been a coordinator or anything. So uh, I, I I think it's it, it is what it is, and you know that's not why Golden was fired. Golden was fired so that they can get on with the search. You I can't agree. search for a new coach while you have a coach. That's true. That's true. Uh, now I will say this: I think we have a lot of talent on offense, and me personally, I think we need a defensive-minded head coach. That's me personally. Um, I, I don't think we need a, a, a head or a head coach, an offensive matter head coach who knows he needs to get a really, really, really good defensive coordinator. One of the two, um, because our defense is where we need to help at. Um, and I do hope we keep some of our um, position coaches. Kevin Beard, I hope he stays, but ain't no telling what the new coach is gonna do. But I hope he stays. Um, especially, did you just say uh, uh, a few minutes ago that what did you say that um? Boots, um, uh, did he text or he tweeted? He uh, tw- he uh, tweeted. And what what was that he tweeted again? I'm sorry. He said, um, and I'll read it verbatim. I didn't commit to no damn coach! Exclamation point. I committed to the U. As long as KB's there, I'm there. Okay. Well, then I definitely hope KB's still there. Uh, even though you say he's a he, he is short, he's a little he, he's you know he's not tall or anything like that. But he's a good he's a good little player. I think he's going to have some problems on the college level because of his size. You know he yeah. he's, he's 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 off the charts in those seven on seven tournaments. You know he's so yeah. shifty, you know, nobody can cover him. Exactly, and that's and that's why he'll play the slot. That, yeah, he'll play those the, type of players play the slot. He would definitely be the slot. He would be he would be um, you know he he would be a specialist. Yeah, but my top three, I, I know I, I, you said, uh, I can't think of his name right now, the officer coordinator, Chizinski. Um My top three, to be honest with you, I also think we need to get a head coach who's a dynamic recruiter. Um, 
And and that way we can, you know, not even just keep some of the recruits that we have now, but we would actually pull away some recruits from other uh, programs um, because of that, I believe. Um, so I do like Christopher. I like him, but I don't think he's my top choice. My top choice probably would be Butch um, Davis. Um, I think he'd be my top choice, but at the same time, he's too old. I do think he's too old. He's getting it's up hard, in age. It's hard to hire a 64-year-old coach to be a college coach. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I you know they went the old route with Jim Laranaga, and it's worked out okay, but there's going to come a point in time here in a few years where – Jim Laranaga is going to start slow, you know, really slowing down, and and he, you know, if he doesn't willingly retire, you're going to be sitting there, you know, in a situation like say Virginia Tech is right now with Frank Beamer, where you know, how do we get rid of this guy? You know, you don't want that. You don't want to be in that situation. You want a guy that you can build with, and you know. So I don't know. I'll be I will be surprised if Butch gets the job. Yeah. Now, I would say this now. As far as Cristobal, I know he was the head coach at FIU, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, he didn't do all that great as a head coach at FIU, now, did he? Yeah, he absolutely did phenomenal. I mean, when you look at what he took over there, uh, a Mm -hmm. program that had no facility, their weight room was in a closet (laughs) at the rec center. I mean, you had to see this weight room. I, I, I happened to see it at the time. It, it was the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life. It literally was a closet at the rec center that they had their football team, you know, come in and shifts to work out in. Uh, they were on probation. They were in, had all kinds of academic problems. I mean, it was a program that was in as much of a shambles as a college football program could possibly be. And he took that program, and in a few years, he had them playing in bowl games and, and beating teams like Louisville and, and, and stuff like that. And he, he was able to recruit a great receiver, T.Y. Hilton, which oh, yeah, yeah. you know helped them quite a bit. And he's been playing for the Indy Colts now for several years. But, mm-hmm. but um, he did a phenomenal job at FIU. And, you know, everything just kind of caught up to them a little bit that his last year. They they started having some injuries, and you know, some guys maybe didn't come through like they expected, and uh, they just had a bad season. And what had been going on for several years was he was having a power struggle with the athletic director Pete Garcia, who also used to be at the University of Miami, and it just became a macho thing. Like, you know, I'm going to show you who's boss. And trust me, FIU is 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 going to forever be regretting the day that they booted Mario Cristobal out the door like that because he would have left eventually anyway. But yeah. that program hasn't been close to the same uh, since, you know, since he left it, it to to what it was in those couple years where they had a lot of success. Okay. Well, I'm so, pushing him to my number one. I, I, I hope we do get him there. Because I, I, I don't follow FIU, so I didn't know how he did at FIU. But based off what you're telling me now, um, I'm pushing him for number one right now. Well, he'll want the yeah, job very badly. I mean, nobody's going to want it more. Nobody would live the job more than him. He's the most passionate human being that I know I've ever seen and, and just a tireless worker, a great recruiter. Uh, will he get the job? Uh, I can't make that prediction right now. I, you know, I don't know how the committee's going to feel when they sit down and weigh his pluses and minuses. Uh, you know, he's not, he, he's not, as seasoned as you might like, you know, you probably would have liked for him to have one other head coaching job between FIU and Miami, but it's not a perfect world. And uh, he's going to bring a lot of things to the table 
that I think the committee is going to like if they interview him, which I think they must interview him. Whether he gets the job or not, Mario Cristobal must get an interview. I agree. I hope he does. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, it's uh, it's about 11.30. We're going to call this quits for tonight. I'm, I'm glad we were able to get a couple hours in here of Kane Sport Live and let some people express their opinions and, and kick back and forth some of the different uh, topics of conversation that are on everybody's mind right now on, on this huge day uh, for Hurricane football. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday night in our normal time slot, 8, 8 o'clock, to continue this conversation. I know there's a whole bunch of you guys that were on hold that didn't get a chance to come on the show, and I hope you'll call again on Tuesday and we'll get more of you on. Uh, but like I said, big day for the Hurricanes. Uh, Blake James made the tough decision that he had to make, and, and now it, it, there's kind of like going to be one eye on the future as the team finishes out the schedule here with five games, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they finish the season and, and, and whether this team rallies around their assistant coaches as opposed to, to going in the tank, and we'll find out how much going to a bowl game uh, means to these guys here over the next month. So thank you again for joining us tonight on this special edition of Kane Sport Live, and uh, hope we'll see everybody on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Good night, everybody.